0: and it doesn't make a whole lot of sense but it will when we talk through Jesus I'm really excited to talk through the gospels here but we have one more series it's called perfect timing everybody say perfect timing because God has perfect timing it seems he always is right on time we're going to be in Jonah uh chapter four as you can see from the picture um love love that so much um I don't know why I picked such a freaky looking Jaws whale, but I did, so that's what we're that's what we're going with. Um have, uh, have you guys ever told your parents I'm sorry and not meant it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because Because you really didn't actually want to like change whatever situation that you found yourself. You ever been in a situation where you're like, yeah, mom, I'm sorry. Yeah, dad, I'm sorry. Yeah, blah, 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 But you say it more as a formality so that you're not like in trouble more. And then you can just move on with your life and that's it. Yeah. Here's a, here's a hint. Um, parents can see through that. <laughs> parents know when you're genuinely sorry, or when you are in a situation where it's like, hey, listen, I know what's going on. You know what I mean? I, I know what's up. Tonight, we're, we're going to be looking at, at Jonah and his, his story. We're actually going to be in Jonah chapter four. So it's the very last um, chapter of the book. It's a short book. It's only four chapters. You can read it at home. It's great. Um, there's an awesome VeggieTales. It's the first full-length VeggieTales movie, by the way, but it's really awesome. Um, it's an option for the movie night if you guys want to vote for it, but that's just a plug. Yeah, it is. There's some good options on there. I'm not going to give them all away. Anyway, I'm off on a tangent. But yeah, sometimes I've done it. I'm sure your parents even have done it when they were kids, or maybe they still do it. I don't know. But but it, there's nothing more like infuriating or, or just like, ah, then when somebody says, oh, I'm sorry, but you know that they didn't mean it. Maybe it's a sibling for you guys too. Yes. You're like, boom, punch them in the arm. I'm sorry, but you're really not. Like You just don't wanna get in trouble, right? And so we're picking up at the last, uh, last chapter of Jonah. And um, Jonah has had this moment where he's told God, I'm sorry, in chapter three, um, basically, God, if you don't know the story, uh, Nineveh is a wicked nation. Horrible, horrible nation. Like they slap each other with fishes. Um, no, wait, I'm getting back into veggie tales. Um, <laughs> uh, they, they, they're They're just wicked people, right? And Jonah gets a word from God because he's a prophet. So he speaks on behalf of the Lord. We've talked about prophets, right? He speaks on behalf of the Lord and god tells jonah hey i want you to go to nineveh and he's like yeah right i'm not doing that so he gets in a boat and he goes the opposite way the complete opposite way he's like i do not want anything to do with those people see nineveh hated israel they hated israelites they hated jewish people and that was obviously who jonah was so he's like i don't want any part of this so jonah gets on this boat God gets angry. He causes this huge storm to come up. The people in the boat with Jonah are like, what is going on? And he's like, yeah, it's me, I'm running from God. And they're like, okay, well, what do we do? And he goes, you're gonna have to throw me overboard. And they're like, uh, what? He's like, yeah, you're gonna have to just throw me overboard. And they're like, okay. So they, they start praying to God and they're like, God, please make this storm stop happening. And if we have to throw him over the the, the, the side of the ship and he dies, don't blame us, okay? So they, they do, and sure enough, the storm stops. But then, right as that happens, as soon as the storm is calm, there's a big fish. A lot of times people say a whale, but it's a big fish that came and swallowed Jonah whole. And he actually didn't die. It was crazy. He didn't die, he stayed in the, the belly of this fish for three days. For three whole days, he's in the fish. And in chapter three, he says, I'm sorry. God, I'm sorry. I'm not going to, I'm not going to do this again. I, I I want to serve you. I'll go wherever you go. And little did he know the fish was actually swimming towards Nineveh. <laughs> so the fish vomits him out. That sounds awesome, right? Very, very smelly. Vomits him out and he finds himself on the shore. He goes to Nineveh. He preaches the word, but not really like, like super ecstatic he's just like yeah um god said he would kill you guys in 40 days if if you don't turn away so do it okay bye and he just leaves and then what we're about to read here is is that the people of Nineveh even as Jonah was kind of like just doing it as a formality like just giving the word of the Lord as a formality they actually listened to it and they said okay we're gonna change and they changed and they were saved from destruction because God's a good God. But Jonah has this weird thing. It says in chapter 3, verse 10, it says, When God saw what they had did, the, the, uh, the people of Nineveh, how they turned from their evil ways, he relented and did not bring them to destruction that he had threatened. Okay, we're in chapter 4 now. You can read it on the Sky Bible. It says this. We're going to read all 11 verses. It says, But Jonah, to Jonah, this seemed very wrong. And he became angry. He prayed to the Lord. Isn't this what I said, Lord, when I was still at home? That is what I tried to forestall by fleeing to Tarshish. I knew that you were a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love. A God who never relents from sending, who who relents from sending calamity. Um Rewind that and read that again because he's mad that God is showing grace to people and he's the prophet. Weird. It's just a really weird place to be. And so this is even crazier. So he said all that. He's like, I knew that you were a good God and you're not gonna kill them. So then he says this in verse three, he says, but uh, now Lord, take my life for me for it is better for me to die. (laughs) Uh, You think Jonah's a little extra? Just a little bit? Like, dude is mad that God is not good, and he's like, just kill me, just whatever. But the Lord replied, is it right for you to be angry? Jonah had gone out to a place and sat down at a place uh, east of the city. There he made himself a shelter. He sat in its shade, and he waited to see what would happen to the city. Verse 6. Then the Lord said, or the Lord God provided a leafy plant. It's pretty awesome. And made it grow above Jonah's head to give him shade for his head to ease discomfort. And Jonah was very happy about the plant, right? Has ever been on a hot day and you're like, I just need shade. Imagine if like just a random, random ceiling just came over you and just followed you everywhere. Like it'd be awesome. You're like, yes, I got shade. So he's super happy says verse seven, but the, but at dawn, the next day, everybody say the next day, the next day, God provided a worm, which chewed the plant so that it withered. Oh, oh, so sad. When the sun rose, God provided a scorching east wind. So now he knocked down the plant and then he provided a scorching east wind. Like there's nothing worse than hot wind. It's gross, especially out here in crazy people in Arizona. Um, I am that now. Yeah, I guess. It says, uh, it says, and the sun blazed on Jonah's head so that he grew faint. It says he wanted to die. There he is again. He said, it would be better for me to die than to live. But God said to Jonah, is it right for you to be angry about the plant? He said, it is. And I'm so angry that I wish I were dead. But the Lord said, and I want you guys to catch on to these last two verses. The Lord said, you have been concerned about this plant. If I could turn my Bible. But you did not tend to it or make it grow. It sprang up overnight and it died overnight. Should I not have been concerned for the great city of Nineveh in which there are more than 120,000 people who cannot tell their right hand from their left and also many animals? You want to know the craziest part about the book of Jonah? That's the end. That's the end of the book of Jonah. It leaves there. You know, a lot of times we we look and we just hate stories that don't have a resolve. Jonah's the, the hero, the main character, the person who we're following throughout this entire book. And it ends with that. I, I want you guys to grab on to something here. Jonah was used really great. I mean, 120,000 people came to know the Lord and turned from their ways. That's a great preacher, right? That's like awesome. But there's something that we have to grab from the book of Jonah that I want you guys to grab tonight. And that is we have to look behind the motive. So if you have a a title for anything, that's what it would be. It would be behind the motive. As we look at the story of Jonah, when you look at your situations like Jonah did, when you look at your ministry or you look at whatever God is calling you to do, I want you guys to grab onto this first thing here. Looking too far ahead can cause disappointment and frustration. If you look too far ahead, it can cause disappointment and frustration. Jonah begins this chapter angry at God because of his grace and his compassion for the people of Nineveh. He loathed the fact that God spared them. Everybody say he loathed it. Loathed it, yeah. He, he hated that Nineveh was just gonna go on business as usual and they were just gonna be a city again and, or just move on. He couldn't stand that fact. They were, they were the enemies of his people and he couldn't stand being spared by a God who was for the Israelites. What happens? Like, like we said, he's a little bit of a drama king. He says, just kill me. I'm dead. Just, I, I just want to die. Just, just take me out. I'm done. Like, it's so crazy that he would just jump to that conclusion. God asks Jonah, Man, why are you feeling this way? What's going on? His anger didn't have any merit. It didn't have any backing. He didn't have a reason for his anger. Guys, righteous anger is an okay thing, okay? To be frustrated or be angry at a situation that is especially against God, like that is okay. But to have anger and frustration at situations that like aren't, (laughs) To have a non-righteous anger is only going to lead you in a spot like Jonah. It's only going to lead you in a spot where it's like, I don't even want to be here. I don't know. Listen, just because we follow God's call, right? Jonah was called to preach to, the Isra- or preach to the Ninevites. He preached to the Ninevites, right? Like, check. Done. Just because you fulfill the calling doesn't necessarily mean that we should look ahead and try to formulate our own plan from what God does with that calling, Maybe God is calling you guys to start nonprofits or to, to build uh, teams to go out and be a missionary. I don't know what he's calling you to do. Maybe it's worship leading. Maybe it's being a pastor. Maybe it's not even any of that stuff and it's being a teacher or being uh, a, a medical uh, professional or, or something like that, working in the military. You know, there, There's so much that God can call you to, but sometimes you can say, okay, God, thank you for giving me the calling. I'm gonna go do what I wanna do with it now. Jonah was like, thank you for the word for the people of Nineveh, and I'm going to give it to the people of Nineveh, but I really just want them to die in the first place. Like, I don't, I don't, want, them to, <laughs> I don't want them to accept it, but I'm going to give it. He's fulfilling the calling, right? But his heart is all out of whack. There's a motive there that he has that's not good. And anytime you do that, anytime you get ahead of what God is calling you to do or what God has planned for you or what God has planned for other people that you are witnessing to, anytime that happens, you can get frustrated and disappointed. So listen, if you get ahead of God's plans for what he's calling for in you and what he's calling you to do, the people around you who he's telling you to, to, to minister to and witness to and, and be a light to, if you get ahead of God's plan it's only gonna cause anger and frustration. I'm the type of person, just personally, uh, I like to bank on certain things that happen. I like I like things to happen in my time frame and in my liking. I want it to be my situation. Uh, now I didn't really understand though that sometimes I'm not always in line with God, just because I wanted to do something awesome or I wanted to give my life over to 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 him. You know, that doesn't necessarily mean that everything is perfect. Guys, when I was in college, just a few, just a few years ago, um, it's actually kind of crazy. I didn't get in contact with this church until April of 2019. Yes. Everybody's like, wait, what? No. April of 2019. Um, my seniors or, or in high school or college, you would know April is a pretty late time in the semester to, right? (laughs) Like if you were like, Hey, I'm trying to get a job and I'm trying to do something and I'm trying to do something with my life and I'm getting a bachelor's degree or I'm graduating high school. It's like, if you don't have a plan until April, it's like, Oh really? I don't want that. (laughs) I was so frustrated with the fact that I applied at churches in Texas and I applied at churches in Oklahoma and I applied at churches in Missouri and I had applied in churches in Kentucky and I looked at all these jobs and none of them seemed to fit. And it wasn't until April that I was connected to this church and it began to start meshing and working in God's timing because I was super frustrated, super frustrated. Don't Get ahead of what God has planned for you, because if you do, if you look too far ahead, it's only going to cause disappointment and confusion. There's another thing here that I want you guys to grab. I'm only going to do uh, two points so or three points, but, but they'll be really quick. Um, I want you guys to, to grab onto the fact that God is going to correct us if we're wrong, just like he did with Jonah. He not only taught him a lesson, he gave him something and then he took it away in like, snap. Like just as quickly as he gave it, he took it away. He taught him a lesson because he wanted to correct Jonah when he was wrong. Here's the crazy thing. The word provide when when God provided the leafy tree to come for him. Uh, and to come over him, that's the same word that was used when it said God prepared for the fish to swallow him. Same word, same word in the, the Hebrew language, the original text of how everything was written. So in the same way that God wanted to teach him a lesson when he was in the belly of the fish, he wanted to teach him a lesson as he was waiting for Nineveh to be destroyed because that's really what he wanted in his heart. I don't know why my voice cracked, but God provides again the same word, provide the same type of word in the Hebrew. He provides the scorching wind and the worm to come and take down the thing, uh, take down the, the tree. It's amazing that God is able to provide these things that end up being Jonah's biggest lessons in the book. He provided Jonah shade, but just as quickly as it was created, it was destroyed, and he wanted to teach him a lesson and correct him, not just to be like, oh, yeah, Jonah, you're bad, but just to, just to teach him how to move forward. You see, if we're doing things with the wrong posture, it's not going to end well for us. God's going to still work. There's still going to be some amazing things that happen. But in the end, he's going to teach you your lesson. In the end. I uh, I had a a friend of mine who uh, we we were in youth group together. And this is the craziest story I think I've ever heard when it comes to healings. There was a, a tumor on this guy's head, his brain, it was a brain tumor, but it was so large that it had now formed on the, you know how sometimes that happens with like tumors where, where you can actually see them. So this tumor was on this dude's head and she prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and literally they saw it like sink back in and, and, and he was healed. Wild stuff, <laughs> wild stuff, that's amazing, right? Two weeks later, she got in trouble because she got pulled over and had, um, she had uh, uh, drugs in, in, her, in her car. And I remember talking to my youth pastor because I, like I was like a senior, junior. So I was old enough to kind of understand like, okay, what's going on here? And I sat and I said, hey, what's like, how does this happen? He's like, God wanted to be glorified in that situation. It doesn't matter that she wasn't in the right attitude god will still use you and you and, and and that can actually be a scary thing because you can think oh god is using me i'm super powerful i'm super anointed i'm super this i'm super that when in reality it's like you're not he's just using you to 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 glorify himself which is his whole purpose in in the first place And don't hear me wrong i'm not saying that god just wants to use you as a pawn that's that's not what i'm saying but God will still work through broken people. So don't trick yourself into thinking, well, God's moving and God's doing this and God's... Guys, you have to have your heart in the right spot. Jonah didn't. Here's the last thing as we kind of close. The decision, and I think that this is why, this is why Jonah is written in the way that it's written. The decision is up to us just like the decision was up to Jonah. The book ends weird. <laughs> the book ends with this question of like, just balls in Jonah's court. We don't get an answer from him. I think it was purposely written that way so that when we read it, we would look at our own lives and say, hey, what's going on? The decision is up. To us. We can sit messed up, broken, frustrated, angry at what God isn't doing that we miss out on everything that he has planned, everything that he wants us to do. Jonah was a prophet. Jonah was someone who was supposed to speak to people on behalf of the Lord. And prophets, they would give a word and then they would move on and they would give more words to other people and just continue to move. They were evangelists in the Old Testament, if that word makes sense. They were, they were spreading God's word. They were saying exactly what God was wanting to give to people, but what happened? How many cities could he have gone to if he had just moved on? If he had said, thank you, Lord, for saving these people, I'm gonna move to the next one. I'm gonna build momentum. I'm gonna do all of the things that that you want me to do. We don't know. We don't know what city was next because instead of going to that next city, all he did was he sat and he waited And he waited and he waited and he wasted time that God could have used him because he was so fixated on what he wanted to happen. So fixated on it. God will leave the heart change in our court. It's meant to, to challenge us this book ends that way to challenge us it doesn't end with a nice bookend tonight if you guys would bow your heads and close your eyes not that there's anything special with it it just helps you focus (laughs) tonight if i just want to ask a a simple question i'm not going to do the whole thing of like you know if you want to follow Jesus, I mean, if you do, man, come talk to us. If you've never made that decision, then please do. But tonight, I just wanna leave it simple and I wanna leave it sweet and I wanna say this, will you sit at the busted up shelter that's been destroyed, the cut off leafy tree in the heat, you're gonna sit there and wallow in your frustration and your anger and your pain and your hurt, because you're so frustrated that God's not doing what you want him to do? Will you adjust your heart consistently? Because it's really easy to get off track. Will you adjust your heart consistently so that you can match up with what God wants because he leaves it up to us. He leaves that decision up to us. So, Father, I pray right now over each and every student here. I pray over each and every leader, every parent, everyone who might be watching. Lord, I pray that you would just speak to our hearts. For some of us, this isn't a message of, of condemnation because. We, we get it, we understand, we know the call and we know to link our hearts up to you. We know to, to move on and to, to listen to what you have for us. Father, I thank you for that kind of faithfulness and that kind of commitment, that kind of, of consistency to be able to, to link our hearts to you. I praise you for that. But Father, for those students who are here tonight, who are wallowing and what you're not doing, that they're missing out on what you are. Lord, I pray for a heart change for each student here. I pray that the, the students who are dealing with that and are in that camp, Lord, that they would be able to see that doing things for you is not just, it's not, it's not that's not enough, that's not it. You haven't made it. You haven't arrived at that spot. Father, we have to link our hearts to you because we can miss out and we can be in a broken down spot, just angry and frustrated. Father, I speak peace and comfort in the situations of students where they are sitting in frustration and anger at what you didn't do. Lord, for those times that you seemingly didn't show up, for those times that you didn't seem to to care about the situation, Lord, I pray that you would just remind each of us that you love us and that you're here for us and that you're in our corner, that we can go to you and we can rest on you and it will be handled and dealt with. Lord, I pray that you would just give us each of these students the ability to just serve you with an authentic heart with an authentic heart lord and i and i pray that you would just embolden and encourage anyone here tonight who does not know you I pray that you would encourage them to talk to someone, to talk to a friend or a leader or me or Macy or Father, anyone that can help guide them and move them in the right direction. I pray that you would do that even now. We thank you that you're a good God, that you, even though we're, we're wicked, we, we in so many ways are like Nineveh, that you still love us and show us compassion and mercy. But I pray that this word would challenge us and would stick with us throughout this week. Pray that you would give us opportunities to examine our hearts before you. We love you. We praise you. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Can we just give the Lord a hand clap?